This is the Pursuit of Endurance podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pursuit of Endurance podcast. My name is Nikhil. I will be joined by my wife Arpana in the podcast. In this episode, we speak with Mohan Subramaniam. Mohan is an ultra endurance cyclist. He is the club representative of Bangalore Randonneurs. A highly respected individual in the Bangalore cycling community, Mohan has done ultra rides across the country and across the world. For those of you wondering what randonneuring is, Mohan explains everything in detail and takes you along with his journey. Let's get into the podcast. Mohan, welcome to the Pursuit of Endurance podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Nikhil. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, thanks for hosting me on your podcast. Uh, doing good. And the weather is nice outside today. Absolutely. It's a, it's a welcome uh, bit of rain that's splattered across uh, Bangalore and uh, hopefully it'll cool it down. Uh, and I'm, um, I'm cognizant that you have a big flag off to do tomorrow with the uh, 400 kilometer breve so we'll uh, we'll stick to timelines and let you catch some bit of sleep um but as we uh, jump into it mohan uh, how about we start with a uh, bit of a background and introduction about yourself yeah sure nikhil uh, so i i i started cycling during my school days so and had stopped it for some time so i restarted again uh, uh, 10 years back Uh, 2010 uh, so that is when when we started seeing the international brands coming into india and i saw a small article in times of india people using come uh, cycle for commuting and for recreation purpose in one of the articles and that is when we had only bots and uh, wheel sports who were hosting this uh, international brands and i gifted myself uh, a bicycle on my 40th birthday and that's mm-hmm. how it started off and I started doing some small rides and got introduced to breves, and some of the breves are the long distance randonning interested me, and uh, I'm into that for the last ten years, riding long distances. A uh, couple of done. I've been doing an SR at least a super randonner for at least uh, one per year, and I've done a couple of hundreds, uh, a couple of thousands, then thousand two hundred traveled across the globe, uh, cycled in various countries. Uh, coming to my professional i work for northern trust uh, as an it manager managing the it infrastructure for them i'm born and brought up in bangalore uh, lucky i've been over here in bangalore a lovely city uh, for cycling and other things also too for the uninitiated you mentioned uh, you mentioned a few words there uh, super on the near uh, what what do those things mean yeah uh, a randonner is uh, basically a, a guy who competes at 200 kilometers uh, ride in 13.5 hours uh, breves are basically unsupported rides where you need a, a maximum speed of 15 kilometers per hour uh, which includes all your breaks it could be a rest your uh, food and hydration your bio breaks everything and if you ask me a normal person uh, who's doing a normal cycling should be able to do that so it is basically a leisure ride 
get along with a group of people trying to explore places and uh, finish that particular distance in a fixed time and you have a couple of control points along the route to ensure that you pass through those control points and finish in that particular time and that's what once you do that then you are called as a randomer uh, this is basically an uh, the acp is an international organization which looks into that and in india we have ar i am part of the bangalore randomers organizing and riding uh, braves uh, which comes under the ar so we have uh, uh, clubs across india we have more than 80 clubs uh, braves started off in 2010 in india and it's picked up to big time now we have around 80 plus when initially when it started off we have only two or three cities which were having this braves today we have around 80 clubs across different cities even tier 2 tier 3 uh, small towns also and lot of randomizing happening a uh, uh, super randomizer is something that the calendar year for the braves starts from november 1st and uh, ends on the october 31st of the next year uh, it's a little tricky for this calendar year what they follow the france people so in that particular calendar if somebody does 200 kilometers 300 kilometers 400 kilometers and 600 kilometers in that calendar year they'll be termed as a super randomer so for 200 we have 13.5 hours for 300 we have 20 hours and 427 hours for 600 we have 40 hours to complete so apart from that we have the 1000 kilometers ride also which is under the acp which you need we have a time of 75 hours to complete that then we have the 1200 where you have 90 hours and it goes on we have rides till 1600 2000 kilometers also so in bangalore we had 10 people last year just before the lockdown we had been to thailand to do a 2000 kilometers uh, in 7 days there were some 10 people and everyone completed that wow um i i heard you throw in the word leisure leisure ride um i have done a couple of breves uh, the last one uh, was not by no means was it a leisure ride it was uh, it beat the crap out of me uh, the aval beta one uh, but if you say leisure ride i believe you <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. The last weekend, uh, the ride what we had for a little bit uh, for a beginner uh, was a too tough one uh, because I try I did the the same thing last year to see that uh, why it was so tough uh, for a beginner. I agree it was too tough, but once you start doing that, probably it becomes more for leisure uh, because you try to explore things which you don't tend to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is you being in a cycle, you can do a touring and stuff like that. but in a randomizing you get into a community and a culture that builds up you get to know people from various uh, fields uh, there's a social circle that gets built up and people are there to help you and you tend to do lot of thing which you don't tend to do if you're going in a car or a bus or a normal vacation tour uh, so in randomizing what i've generally seen is uh, you uh nobody comes and throws their uh, head weight or attitude over there you, if either it could be a bike mechanic from a small shop or a ceo uh, from a company uh, when are when they are doing randoning especially in the cycling in the randoning they are all one uh, uh, that's the beauty of it yeah i mean you could you could sense the spirit uh, as you ride uh, so it could be hard uh, 
people will be cursing me because i i am <laughs> basically why, why i do is uh, what we have seen is generally in bangalore because uh, it's not that something i just want to punish somebody by giving a hard road or something uh, it would be easy to go on a, a highway straight on a highway and come back but that doesn't feel fun uh, until you get into countryside you try to see the local things which is happening taste the local food uh, interact with the local people uh, that is one thing and uh, there is something that i learned Uh, from the people who are organizing prayers earlier in Bangalore, it could be the Bangalore prayers or the IAC randomness. Uh, they are the ones used to create such terrains and and show people explore across Bangalore, uh, get a feel of it. And one way, if you want to, if somebody wants to pursue randomness further, apart from just doing an SR, looking at uh, ultra long distance endurance rides and all, and if they want to go outside India and ride, these rides will really help them to. Uh, probably this could be laying a foundation for that so if you ask me if i've done gone to different countries and able to ride there uh, probably i think i got a very good platform with uh, the earlier people who were organizing brevas over here the bangalore and the isc uh, they built a good platform for me over the years and that's why probably i'm very confident to go back and ride in different countries or the tougher terrains yeah uh mohan i'm just going to go back a little bit to you um you yeah. said you started super engineering uh, when did you uh, start doing that at uh, after how yeah. many years since you started cycling so i bought my cycle in 2010 as i told you so for the first initial two years it was just normal rides uh, commuting to the office and some 30 40 kilometers in around bangalore uh, i just want to mention this when i uh, the, i took my cycle and I just went to uh, the big banyan tree uh, so i was staying in rajajinagar that time it was on 30 kilometers uh, i just went i didn't have anything so those days we didn't know anything about nutrition what are the apparels you have to wear and stuff like that and all i started mm-hmm. in the morning i returned only in the evening <laughs> so it was up and down around 50 kilometers i returned only by evening and i was lost i just had my food and went to bed and woke up only the next day uh, so that 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 how hard it was uh, and later on i got introduced to breves in 2013 so that is when i started riding my breves uh, did my first super endurance my first ride breves ride was in chennai actually uh, though it was Previous by organizing in Bangalore, probably I had not much idea on that. Uh, during 2013 itself, my first SR series itself, I had traveled to Chennai and uh, Mumbai to compete my SR series and all. Uh, so from 2013, I have been doing at least uh, at least one SR. Last year, because due to COVID, I was not able to complete that SR. So roughly I have around 10 SRs. Coming back to the SRs. uh in, in 2019 and there was one person from i would like to mention his name surat uh, from surat uh, shantanu he did 16 srs so he did 16200 in a calendar here so he used to ride every other weekend running across all parts of the country and, wow. uh, and that's how it is today so it's grown and previous to that the maximum was somebody who had done is in 10 sas so there's a lot of inspiring people to look up and it's grown grown to great directions today wow that's amazing uh could you talk about some of the breves that you've done some of your achievements yeah uh 
So the Bangalore Brevet used to host uh, something called Bliss in the Hills. Uh, and I think it's very close to me and uh, uh, one of the toughest one uh, and very scenic. Uh, it's uh, the first ride, the inaugural ride was in 2014. Uh, that is when we had on 40, 50 people coming across from all parts of the country for that one. It was one of the premier signature rides. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't complete that. Uh, I tried to do that the consecutive years in two, 2015 and 16. Today, it is not under any application uh, because they run it as a private this thing. But that's one of the interesting rides. I would like one fine day probably I would like to ride that and complete. Uh, apart from that, uh, then had been to in 2017 had been to London. Uh, that that was my first international uh, outing and uh, uh, a long distance ultra ride. It was 1,450 kilometers, basically starting from London to Edinburgh and coming back to London. Uh, I couldn't complete the ride in time. Uh, we were allotted on 107, uh, 117 hours or something. Uh, but I took around two hours late and then reached. But uh, uh, that ride opened up a lot of uh, avenues for me to understand the different rides that are available in various countries, mm, uh, meeting a lot of people from different countries. Uh, it was one of my best rides, if you ask me, till date. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you ask me, there was a lot of learning for me in terms of how to organize things, how they support people, how do they choose the routes, the scenic route and stuff like that. So there was a lot of learning from there and I came back, though I was very much disappointed because there was a lot of training I had done, we put in a lot of time and effort and money into that. And uh, when I came to the end point, I was two hours late, I was a little feeling disappointed. But at the end of the day, uh, there was a lot of learning I took back from that particular ride. That is one. Mm -hmm. And after that, uh, in 2019, I had been to uh, 2000, uh, 2017 when I told that this, that showed me a lot of avenues, seeing a lot of rides happening. I was mad and crazy in 2018. Uh, I was riding in every 1,200 ride happening. I had been to Spain, I had been to Israel, I had been to Australia to ride. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, yeah, those were a little tougher rides than what Daliel was there. Or it had its own share of challenges. Uh, I couldn't complete uh, any one of them, but uh, there were a lot of good memories I still carry with all those particular rights. In 2019 is when the PVP, that's one of the signature event that happens once in four years. All these rights, what I'm talking about, it all happens once in four years, like the Olympics. The PVP is basically a 1,200 kilometer rights. And if you ask me, it should be a dream of every randomer to go back and be at the start line of PVP to just experience that what happens over there. Uh, people call it as the Kumbh of cycling or Metcalf cycling or whatever it is. Uh, so I got that, uh, though I had uh, uh, eligibility to go and write to 2015, I missed that and I repent that for not doing in 2015. Uh, in 2019, when the opportunity came, I went there. Uh, it's a 1,200 kilometer ride. You start from Paris, go to Brest and come back to Paris. Uh, you have people from across the country. So in 2019, we had around 6,000 people from 60 different countries coming over there. And you can see people from various walks of life, different kinds of bikes and stuff like that. And along the route also, there's a lot of support. 
you get from the local villages and towns and stuff like that. Uh, that I completed that, and we had around three hundred people from India who participated, and we had around fifty people who completed that. Right. Wow. Um, so that's Randonering has uh, taken you across the globe. Uh, it looks like. Um, so for for aspirants who. who would want to do some of these what what is the prep that goes into an event like this and you know how uh how costly or uh, you know how cheap is it to do something uh, internationally yeah so i, I would <laughs> uh, yeah one is uh, the training the time and effort yes that that everybody can afford that and the finally everything boils down to how much of the money that you can spend on that i have been very conservative in spending money and i try to ensure that to get the best out of everything uh, so if somebody wants to do a pvp property the minimum amount should be around 1 to 1.5 like end to end uh, just to give an example if people think that you're going out and riding it's a it requires a lot of money it's not so the ride what we did in uh, thailand in 2020 uh, it's a 2000 kilometers my end to end cost which include the registration from the time i left my home away in bangalore to the airport and coming back i just spent only 65000 uh, for 10 days over there so uh-huh. people can estimate all depends upon how you want to manage your finances and stuff like that right. uh, i don't think it will be very costly so once you go into this ride the four days you are on the road the organizer is going to take care in terms of the night is where you want to rest and stuff like that what you spend is uh, for the food and stuff like that and uh, the flight charge and what comes is again the visa charges and uh, you can stay in a airbnb and stuff like that and you're going in a group probably what we did for pvp is we all be pulled in another group and when you go in a group uh, the cost basically reduces when you share things across different people whether it could be commuting in that country or staying together and stuff like that right uh mohan uh, you talked about how the london um, yeah london edinburgh london uh, that was a challenging one for you uh, and there was a bit of a disappointment as well uh, and then in 2019 you went ahead and uh, completed the pvp what was your mindset um, as you had to uh, go and uh, do the pvp Uh, with this background with this history uh, probably that could have played on your mind i had to complete this pvp because uh, apart from the lel as i told you in 2018 i did three international rides and everything i could not able to complete that in time I had to scratch in between and stuff like that so pvp was very important and it being a premier ride i wanted to complete so I had trained very well uh, unfortunately just Uh, we had a week to board and i was just doing my training rides and uh, i met with an accident because somebody came on the opposite side and uh, luckily nothing much happened to me bike went back so i i have been riding a bike which is 10 years old uh, it's very close to me uh, the reason i do that because it's very convenient and comfort to me and uh, i trust that more than i trust myself because in terms of where i have taken it it's come along with me i'm not faced any mechanical issues Mm-hmm. so going for a bigger ride like that i didn't want to ensure that something happens to the bike unfortunately the fork went and uh, i was able to get a replacement in 2 3 days uh, thanks to biju from uh, cycling boutique who could arrange that uh, so once you have a fixed bike that really helps when you're going on a long rides 
So I mm-hmm. took that and went there. Uh, uh, before the ride, there were some inputs that were given earlier to that also. There's a lot of information that was available to us, uh, which made us prepare. And Eliel actually prepared us to ensure how, how do we go and ride in uh, weather conditions like international, like whether it could be cold weather. In terms of the food, what we get, we will not be able to get the same food, Indian food available over there. How do you accustomed to the food over there, whether it could be France or uh, London? Uh, that gave that uh, the thing. So I, we were prepared for in terms of the weather and the challenges in terms of the terrain also, how hard it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were two things uh, from the international one person from the US who came back and told us uh, he's an Indian, but he's been settled back in uh, US and he was riding his third PPP or something. So he mm-hmm. uh, just before uh, the ride, we go and do a bike check and all that is when we met him and he told us one thing, you guys are all coming for the first time. Time is going to run out at all controls. You never know where time runs out. Ensure that you don't waste time. It'll be very scenic. You want to go back and click pictures because you see cyclists everywhere. It will don't do anything. Just concentrate your right and see how fast you can do that. That was one good advice. So mm-hmm. if you ask me, I hardly could click two or three picks along that PVP uh, last year when I did, uh, in 2019. And the second thing is there was one more guy from uh, Singapore who was there. He was doing his second or third PVP. And he had told it is going to be very cold this time. And it was very cold compared to the previous versions of it. So that ensured that I prepare well for that and it gone. And that's how it just happened. I just zoomed across and a lot of people were rooting back in India. Sounds like quite an experience. Um, how, do you, how do you practice for you know, something that's beyond, beyond a day, right? Because this is uh, 1,200 kilometers um, yeah. over several days. Like, how do you prepare for riding in the night? And you know, what's, uh, what's probably a few tips that you could give for safe riding over the night? Uh, one is, uh, yes, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. So I started off with 200, 300, 400, 600s. I did a couple of them. Uh, doing 600s uh, under 40 hours where it is a, a two nights and one day, uh, you do more of that, then you get tuned to how your body reacts to those particular days because of what in 40 hours you're on the road and you have to manage with minimum amount of sleep. Mm-hmm. I had done a couple of them and I did my first thousand in 2014 or something in Chennai. So having done this couple of rides back over here, two or three years has helped me go there and do that. So if anybody is doing uh, planning to do a thousand or 1200 or something, uh, ensure that you do more of 600, which is of two nights and one day, uh, which will give an idea. Uh, how your body is going to react in terms of sleep and food and hydration, other stuff and stuff like that. You finish the 640 hours, then for the remaining 400 kilometers or something, you have around 35 hours in hand, which is a good, good amount of time. So you finish the 640 hours, then you rest for three, four hours. Uh, the body will recover the next 400 kilometers or a 600 kilometers could be a fast ride. And the average requirement for until 600 is on 15 kilometers per hour. So as the distance increases, it reduces to 13 kilometers per hour or 12 kilometers per hour. So you get more time to do that. So generally you may have to do around 250 kilometers or 300 kilometers per day is a requirement and you get enough time to 
sleep and recover that is one thing and especially yes uh, probably uh, at my age i think uh, sleep is not a big challenge generally in in a normal situation itself we just sleep around 4 to 5 hours or something when you are on a ride what you require is probably you require one or two hours sleep or something that should be able to do for people at engage sleep is a biggest challenge for them the more you ride the more you experience so probably what works for me need not necessarily work for somebody else uh, everybody has a different uh, pattern in terms of the uh, sleep and other things so they need to experiment uh, i am basically a slow normal rider so i don't get enough time to rest and sleep i'm more on the saddle other option is where people can build that buffer time so they can move forward ahead build the buffer time rest hydrate themselves and recover for the next day that was what second uh, once you have crossed the second day the third day it becomes uh, a monotonous so you automatically you get into that rhythm and you start moving so more number of practice is what that helps okay um mohan i'm curious uh, uh these uh, 24 hours or uh, whatever duration of uh, rides where do people sleep uh, <laughs> people have to <laughs> sleep wherever it is possible uh, uh, generally in india we have this uh, petrol bunks or dabas and stuff like that uh, bus stops on the place uh, strictly advised not to sleep anywhere else on the roads and stuff like that Uh, sleep basically hits during that odd timing around three o'clock or four o'clock. Probably not, not may not be in the first night. Second night they are going to get that. Or third night is hundred percent. They'll be sleep deprived if they're not got enough rest. Mm-hmm. These are the places generally we tend to sleep. But in PVP we had slept on roads and stuff like that. And uh, in Australia we were in the middle of a forest and it was raining and we are not. we were on the third night or something with me there were another uh, three people uh, two from malaysia one from singapore we were so sleep, uh, sleep deprived we thought we'll rest and we just lay down on the lie down on the road road side that was a narrow country side road mm-hmm. and within 5 minutes the organizers came us and they pulled us out of the ride and we had done 900 kilometers and we had another 300 kilometers to complete so as per their rules they are not supposed to lie down you had to get off the road and sleep but you can't go off the road because it was dark and it was raining and it was forest mm-hmm. uh, so we had to had to scratch the right but he allowed he took us back to a control point in the cars and the buses and then he allowed us to ride the remaining 200 kilometers back to the thing uh, so you you have to see a proper place which is very safe enough for you to ensure that you go back and take that particular rest Uh, some people uh, arrange pre-book a particular hotel or something, go to a particular town or small village or something, pre-book and they can stay in there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can choose any of the places what I told about in terms of petrol bunks, bus stops, dabas, and stuff like that. That's a good learning. So anybody who wants to do uh, beyond, uh, I guess beyond twenty-four hours, is uh, they should also start practicing sleeping in bus stops. correct that's true one one uh, i had uh, read an interesting thing about uh, how people would ensure that they stay awake and all so when you're not riding uh, one of the guy i read one of the blogs you know so you used to be at home and uh, keep watching movies in a 24 hours time or something or do something else and sleep for uh, two hours or three days and just get back to the next 24 hours routine 
like that so that he can replicate the same back when he's on the cycle so and not only is this physically extremely uh, challenging it's also mentally quite challenging yeah if you ask me i think uh, as you rightly said it's more of a mental thing and a physical because as i told the second or third day you physically your body starts moving it's more of mental thing uh, how long you can last and you can carry take it forward right that is very yeah any tips on how to sort of work around that it's it's mind block sometimes it would happen to me also once you take a call that uh, you're done for enough you just want to scratch and give up and anybody comes and tells you also you'll not be able to uh, reverse that particular decision when you scratch uh, before doing that and at the end of the day what happens is when you scratch and you see the rest of the people would have completed then you feel i should have continued probably i would have got a chance to complete that right that's what everybody feels when i would have felt that at times Mm-hmm. i would suggest people to talk to their close friends or family uh, and there could be a motivation from there for them telling them to continue i know it would be very hard probably they could be physically drained out or they don't have any uh, much energy because the food and hydration is not available the challenging terrain is available the weather could be very bad and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, they could talk to people uh, at that particular time and somebody can give some motivation for them to continue that is one thing mm-hmm. uh, otherwise also is uh, uh, what i would say is whatever difficulty uh, assuming they have done 600 kilometers they hit a road block and thinking that the next 600 also would be the same would not be necessary because things would change probably what earlier 600 could be a tough one it was raining very badly or there were heavy winds the next 600 could be easy also you never know that so don't pre assume something what is in front of you just go and give it a try probably it could be much easier than repeating it later to having been scratched in between that's great advice that's absolutely great advice so don't just assume but uh, actually see how how far you can go and how well you can do correct right. so uh, if you asked me the lel uh, sorry the lel right i would have scratched off and said but anyway i'm not going to do uh, let me give it up so you mm-hmm. try to give your best and at least complete the right that's that'll be more important than scratching in between and giving right. up right and how about recovery mohan so after doing like a 200 400 600 1000 uh, what do you think uh, recovery should look like after completion after completion of course <laughs> yeah recovery is very much important for the body because we would have lot lost of energy in time. one is you eat well sleep well stretch accordingly uh, if you are doing a multi day ride that you have to keep regularly feeding on your nutritions whether it could be food and hydration sleep sleep is very good, important which I, i actually i told you sleeping in a long ride for at least 2 to 3 hours will refresh your body and you will rejuvenate and feel that as if you are doing a fresh 300 or 400 so recovery is very important and people need to reload their calves or whatever it is proteins uh, work on uh, apart from that they need to work on the core strength also and show that if they're doing long rides the core strength also is, is strong enough right um, any specific time period uh, you need to wait before you get on the saddle again after doing long rides like this <laughs> or I, it depends on I, the person <laughs> it depends to individual person uh, yeah 
So if you ask me, some people go back and do back-to-back rides. I've done uh, in 2017. I did back-to-back rides, a thousand uh, with within two weeks, and uh, the very next month I did within three weeks. I did two twelve thousand two hundred kilometers. It depends upon each individual. Are they ready for it, and are they recovered and stuff like that? So they need to check for themselves how good they are, whether they'll be able to go back and ride that. If they are able to do that, fine. But if they feel that they're not good and they they should not be able, they should not go back and push too much, uh, saying that I should be able to do and get into injuries. I have seen people doing that. That should not be the case. Each one should evaluate themselves how far they can go and they'll be able to go that. And I think uh, each one is mature enough to understand how how far can they do that and how how the body reacts. Yeah, basically listen to your body, right? Correct. Uh, and it is uh, what I want to mention is it is not the end of the day that you don't do that. The sky is going to fall or something. Uh, you have a lot of opportunities still available to you. Uh, your health and safety is prime, uh, prime important. And going back, and yes, you have to do that. You have to do your adventure. Nobody's saying that you should not do that. But you need to take care of your health and safety concern also, and then plan for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mohan, how how did you begin representing Bangalore uh, randoneers with uh, Audax India? Uh, okay, so if you ask me, I was pushed into this. Uh, many people keep asking this question. I was just I, I like riding. Even now, I miss a lot of riding because I'm more into organizing. I was basically pushed into saying that you just be there as a mentor in terms of giving, in terms of roots and stuff like that. So all those people who pushed me into this are not there now. I'm the person, but there's some few people are still there at the back end, still supporting it. Uh, one this, so I started uh, organizing or supporting uh, rides in 2017-18 and stuff like that. And I started liking it. And one thing is what I found is as a rider, I know what are the challenges I've foreseen and gone through that. And as I told you, when I went to LEL, there's a lot of learning in terms of how to organize things and all, mm-hmm. uh, which gave me some uh, confidence. And I tried to incorporate over the over here also. And uh, I started liking doing that. And that's how I'm continuing uh, organizing rides over here. Uh, one is uh, by doing those rights, I've, I've got a lot of things uh, from different people across the globe. And I just want to give it back. And I think what to give back is what you get back. Uh, that is what, I, what I've experienced. I wanted more number of people also to experience that uh, if they're interested in randoring or uh, traditional cycling. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear, uh, Mohan. And You've been known to be uh, one of the few people who've managed to transform the idea of Brevet and the and the number of people who sign up for Brevets within the short period of time that you've been associated with uh, Bangalore. I mean, you, that you've been organizing these uh, literally uh, two to three years. Uh, how did you manage that? What did you do uh, that they there are people are flocking? Uh, and I know I was told in December that there will be a date when they will open the Nandi yeah. BRM, keep working, <laughs> get up early in the morning and book it. <laughs> yeah, one is I think uh, uh, 
Uh, it's not me alone. And there's a lot of team. Uh, probably today, I'm just a face of Bangalore randomness. Uh, the, the Bangalore randomness community is such like that. Uh, people want to come and ride in Bangalore and experience the rides what we offer. Uh, basically, we just want to provide a value experience for people, give them different experiences, innovate things in terms of what we are doing itself. So if you have ask me the number of routes what we do itself, we keep changing the routes. Uh, uh, innovating in terms of making it a little challenging and some of the rights uh, one innovative thing what we have done this year is basically telling people to do a 200 kilometers every month we have 12 1200 200 this year so if they do that probably we'll honor them with uh, a moment or something specific to BR and and uh, the reason is people want to come is uh, uh, the community is built so good that they know that they come over here, they go, they go back with very good experiences, either it could be in terms of meeting people or the trial itself, what they experienced uh, was good, is good enough. Uh, that is what has been probably a selling point uh, for Bangalore randomness and people want to come and ride over here. And it's built over a period of time, it's not just me, there's a lot of people in the back end or putting in the efforts in terms of creating routes or logistics, uh, or uh, not just me, there are a lot of people in Bangalore randomness is also to ensure that if a newbie is coming into riding, they ensure that they help him out in terms of to understand what random ring is and stuff like that. They and ensure that they complete that particular ride. They support them in whatever manner, though it is all called as 100% uh, support, uh, self-supported rides and all. If somebody has an issue in terms of puncture, in it could be either in terms of motivation, mechanical support, food, hydration, sleep. The, on the ride itself, there are a lot of riders who are experienced riders. They go back and give back to the new riders and ensure that they also come. And that's how the community has grown over here. And I see that what I'm doing is the other people also started doing over there. And that's how it's been built. And hope it continues. And I, I believe that it will continue. So what you're doing is is tremendous for uh, for the cycling community. And, you know, my experience of arriving for the January Nandi one, it's just the atmosphere itself. Uh, you know, I've, I've never done a 200 before. I just showed up, but it's very welcoming, right? And it's uh, there's a lot of energy. Uh, and I thought over the, over the day, the energy will wane. It actually increased, you know, by the time we came back, uh, back to that hotel, I was thrilled, you know, thrilled that, you know, I finished, of course, but also there's everybody finishes there. So it's, uh, it's an accomplishment of that day. And, you know, it's, I was looking forward to the next one and I'm looking forward to the next one uh, that's going to open up in March. So now what, what uh, you and the team are doing is fantastic. Yeah. So uh, Mohan, um, two years in a row, you've uh, made registration uh, fee free for uh, women and in spite of all the controversies around it and all the <laughs> comments around it, um, what is your thought process in making this happen? Uh, one is uh, we did have more number of women coming and riding the previous. Uh, so we thought that we'll just offer them as it's, it's not that they can't afford that or something. It's mm-hmm. probably a sign of respect or I think uh, they deserve it. That is what uh, it's not me. The Bangladesh community felt that and we thought we'll do that. That will ensure we get more number of women riding it. Apart from that, I, I would thank that the number of women riding in Bangalore 
all the credit should go to Vidya Chandra, who's from the spokesman, who's able to mobilize and inspire people to come and write, uh, though we offer it free or whatever it is. Uh, she's been putting a lot of uh, things back into that to ensure that more people come and write these rights. So we started off just like that and we are just continuing over today. Uh, and uh, probably more number of other clubs also replicated. And we have seen that growth. If you ask me, uh, this year, Nandi, we had, uh, I had told Vidya, uh, because two years back in 2007, we started, we had just only five females who wrote that. And 2018, then 1819, we had on 10 or 11 people who wrote that. So I called up Vidya and told, let's make it 25 this time. So, and then we had 30, 35 who had registered, but 29 started off and all the 29 competed. Mm. Uh, so it's been growing and uh, it just came into the mind and they're just doing it uh, as a sign of respect and we thought they'll deserve that. Nothing else. Community is also helping. Uh, like the, I see a lot of uh, men also, when, apart from doing a 200, in terms of people, women think in terms of safety when they're doing a 300 or 400 because they're out of the house, they're on the road on the night, two nights on a 600. A lot of men also come forward and supporting these females. And the women riders also have upskilled and upgraded themselves. They are much confident today. They can fix mechanical issues. They can ride alone and stuff like that. So one example I would just want to talk about is Grini, uh, who started off 202 years back and she did a 2000 last year. So 200 to 2000 kilometers in two years she did. So when she called me up, uh, she wanted to register. We had one of the toughest Tanchetti rides, 200 kilometers. She had just started. Then she called me up and told, I want to ride that. I told, what is the longest distance you have done? She told me 100. Then I told, it's not for you. But uh, she insisted she comes and rides. Uh, she couldn't complete the ride. She was a late finish. But after that, she's done various big things over there. So. Wow, amazing. And uh, I must agree with you. I'm on spokeswomen as well. And I've seen um, uh, Vidya and all the other uh, ladies uh, coordinating and getting the energy up and uh, making sure that a lot more people join. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, some great work there, actually. Yeah, Vidya, if you're listening, shout out to you. <laughs> With with all of this going on, Mohan, uh, like how do you how do you get time to ride? You know, conduct all these events, uh, be there early in the morning, be there at the control points many times, and and also balance this with your family uh, and also with your uh, with your employment. Earlier, my everyone used to ask uh, my wife, uh, "How is that you allow him to go and ride?" Because I was just riding every other weekend and after that and all. So now people start asking uh, them organizing and stuff. That people ask me also now, how do you get the time? Basically, I think uh, you need to make time for yourself. It is not that uh, time is not uh, available. Time is available to every one of us. Uh, it's uh, how well you want to balance it across different. Whether it could be family, it could be friends, it could be our own uh, recreation or your cycling or office work. Uh, I have been lucky at my office because my office also encourages and promotes uh, the cycling what I do I basically used to commute to the office I've been commuting to the office for the last eight years mm -hmm. uh, so they also encourage and they know that I have been into long distance ultra and cycling and the, in terms of getting leaves and stuff like that also I go back and tell them in advance these are the rides I'm going to do for this year 
like get them approved uh, and i try to manage the work whenever you get other uh, on a weekends whenever i'm free i'm not organizing rides and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, as i told you some of this organizing the bug has bit me or see yeah, unless uh, un- unless until you don't enjoy what you're doing uh, you will not be give, able to give that 100% probably i think i'm enjoying what i'm doing so that's why i'm able to give so much of time and running around going in the morning there organizing things and stuff like that. so yeah it's 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 tough and at some time i feel it's taking a lot of uh, my personal time but at the end of the day you see so many other people what i did probably are able to do now and much better than me uh, into the long distance endurance racing and that's a sense of satisfaction that you get back there's so many other people who are doing that and those people will go back and give for another few people and that's how the community builds yeah now that's an excellent thought and you know it's uh, what we take away from it is you have to make time for it this is something that you enjoy uh, and if you yeah. you prioritize and uh, organize a bit a little more uh, plan for spending time uh, with your priorities it it can happen yeah that's right all right i have a series of questions that we call as fast five um, and you'll have to answer that in a flash as well so ready when you are sure all right bicycle about or pull off bicycle about Uh-huh. I thought you last Indian here. What is the secret behind the famous obatu at these breves? Uh, I like a lot of sweets, and uh, I think uh, one of the Bangalore uh, uh, community, one of them uh, is very fond of uh, obatu, and it's a very good uh, carb loading also, and that's how we thought we'll start doing that, and we started only this year, not not. prior to this oh okay i was i was uh, given a forewarning even before uh, anything and i look forward to it <laughs> and i ate for them uh, yeah okay third question do you ever plan to get on a road bike <laughs> that's a very interesting question and uh, there is a lot of uh, okay let me keep it short uh, yes i will do that uh, probably time has to come yeah i'll i'll get uh, not a road guy a road bike probably i'll get onto a gravel bike uh-huh. uh, i'm not to show van that means so for those who don't know you've done all these really long rides ultra endurance rides you've done them on uh, sort of an mtb slash hybrid bike right uh, it's an mtb right uh, bike track 3700 Mm-hmm. it's almost now uh, it's uh, it, it's almost 11 years now clocked around 95000 kilometers so that's not a great thing because now people clock 25000 kilometers or 50 kilometers in a year itself mm-hmm. as i initially told uh, during a conversation it's basically the comfort and convenience uh, yeah. and the trust uh, probably there's a attachment to that particular bike that's how it is and it never let me down <laughs> i just want to add one thing is i think there's a lot of debate discussion that happened Uh, on my road bike or the mtb for the good uh, many people have tried uh, me to uh, to convert to a road bike probably they couldn't able to do that over a period and they gave up but i'll do that over a period of time so i don't know but when today sounds good <laughs> which is the one brave you would like to do again 
that's a difficult one uh, i would uh, my first one is uh, as i told you london edinburgh is one is my the best ride what i had in terms of everything in terms of experience support the scenic beauty the trials everything i would like to do that uh, so the couple of things uh, there are a lot of things available today uh, around the globe to go back and explore and try and do that my difficult and challenging one was one in the israel when i had to scratch up or 100 kilometers or something uh, probably that i would like to go back and do that and provided the covid situation eases and everything opens up do you have any suggestions for books blogs or videos for our listeners there a lot of videos available on ultra cycling on the youtube which i basically generally follow them mm-hmm. and apart from that i'm more into social media in terms of uh, facebook and other things and all so i start reading the in terms of the ultra long distance rides and all i follow the facebook pages and their interesting stories and stuff like that uh, in terms of uh, what i follow is all ultra transam bike race or ipwr in australia transcontinental of late now there's a new biking series that has started off this which is called the biking man series and all uh, these are all unsupported i'm more of an unsupported Uh, ride guy you get supported rides also into ultra endurance i would like to do only unsupported rides uh, the biking man ultra series is again uh, the toughest terrain across the globe we have something called as silk route in uzbekistan and stuff like that there are a lot of interesting routes uh, i think uh, across the world to go to go back and do so the facebook pages are available for them and there's a couple of them have the websites some have the youtube's videos also available for these rides so i just follow them get some inspiration from them so when you see that probably then you would like to go back and pull out the bike and go on go for a ride or something that sort of thing i'm i have an additional question to the road bike question uh what yeah. would uh, what would probably push you to get a road bike i mean what is it that needs to happen for that to happen or grab a bike yeah tough question i really don't know <laughs> as i don't know uh, uh, some of the uh, i think uh, there's limitation with my bike as of now i know uh, today technology has improved in terms of uh, the bikes uh, the performance Uh, so if i want to go back and do some tough challenges and all it will be really challenging to be able to do on the existing mountain bike what i have uh, for that yes i probably i need to upgrade my bike to go back and if i want to explore and do those rides along the ultra endurance rides so for anybody who wants to start with the brave rides how do how does one at least in uh, bangalore uh, find out about rides uh, how does one sign up for it where to find where to find you where to find uh, bangalore randoners yeah bangalore randoners has a facebook page and insta page they can follow that and apart from that if somebody wants to do a brave or something one is first thing is they need to be a member of uh, aar that is odex india randoners which is the national organization for india and bangalore randoners comes under that the membership fee for ar is around 150 rupees per year so once you take the membership it is valid for 365 days what that entitles is is only a membership uh, for the ar club and it gives you an access to go back and ride any number of events for that particular calendar year 
across anywhere in India. Apart from that, once you get that, then you get a username and password. You log into the website. A calendar is published well in advance uh, for the whole year, the whole season, that is from November to the next October. Uh, and each event will open up in two weeks or three weeks in advance for the particular uh, city. And each one has to go back and again register for that particular event, which has again a fee. That fee depends upon the distance and the uh, place. Uh, there's no fixed uh, fee for that. Uh, that's how they get registered to that. Got it. I, w- I will put a link to uh, both the AIR website yeah. as well as uh, the link to the Facebook and Instagram handles on uh, the podcast episode show notes. Um, Mohan, thank you so much for spending the Friday evening with us. Uh, like I said, I know you have a very, very early day in the morning to flag off uh, and we appreciate the time. What you're doing is super inspiring for all of us. Uh, and, and honestly, it's a very selfless thing that you're doing to promote cycling uh, and to promote this community. And uh, I've seen so many comments and ha- I've heard so many people say, like I said, uh, why is Mohan punishing us through this hill? Uh, only to come back to say, I'm so grateful that he found this route. So thank you so much uh, for everything that you're doing. Uh, thank you very much for having me on your show. Uh, it's a pleasure and honor being here. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do share it with others and help us spread the word. Subscribe to our podcast at Spotify, Google Podcast, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Follow us on Instagram at The Pursuit of Endurance. You can leave a message or review on the Anchor website. We would love to know how we are doing. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy.